Health isn't about being perfect with food or exercise or herbs. Health is about balancing those things with your desires. It's about nourishing your spirit as well as your body. Hello and welcome to episode 532 of Under the Cull of MS. This is a MS Monday episode. That was a quote by Golda Paretsky. And we're going to do a rundown of MS-related issues today. Starting out with spasticity. Sometimes it feels like my legs forget how to be legs. They just have a mind of their own. They just... You can be walking one minute and the next minute your legs can give out on you, or they can cramp up and seize, or they can have spasticity issues. You can have, all of a sudden, your kneecap can start fluttering fluctuating, and your muscles in your legs can start spasming, and there's all kinds of things that can happen. Just, you can have foot drop. It all depends what the day has to offer, and a lot of times it can do with the weather, the temperatures, the uh, exertion, the fatigue, and you just got to watch out for certain things and listen to your body as you go along. Uh, people with multiple sclerosis experience some form of spasticity defined as constant or episodic, increased muscle tone, and involuntary movements, pain and discomfort. Spasticity can involve tightness or pain in any limb, including the hand or arm, and the lower back, but it most commonly affects the legs. Uh, yeah, nighttime for me, it's more the legs. Daytime, it's more back and upper body with some leg issues also, but so yeah, I guess the legs would be the most prevalent for me, but depending on the time of day, certain areas are way worse. Spasticity can involve, t oh, <laughs> we just said that. <laughs> it can negatively impact balance and mobility. Spasticity can also cause painful involuntary spasms of the extremities. Involving spas in involuntary spasms of the extremities, whether sustained muscle contractions or sudden jerky movements, left leg could jump uncontrollably, it could be like a lightning bolt of pain that jolts the leg. There's two types of spasticity. Flexor spasticity occurs when the muscles, often the hips and knees, are so tight that the limbs are bent and difficult to straighten. Extensor spasticity is essentially the opposite. Muscles are tight in a straightened position and difficult to bend. It's a, it depends on which one. But when the muscles seize, and if I try and bend them, the pain just 
gets excruciating and spasms and cramping and all that can get way worse. And there's other times where I'm forced to move my limb into certain directions, bending it, flexing it at certain periods. And if I don't, the pain gets so increased that I can't stand it and can't take it. And then my body automatically does the movements for me, whether I like it or not. Spasticity is caused by damage to the nerves that control impulses to the muscles. Uh, sudden movements or position changes may worsen the muscles, as can extremes of temperatures, humidity, infections, and even tight clothing. Spasticity can feel different for each person living with MS. It's essential to address spasticity early because if it's left untreated, it can lead to severe problems including reduced joint mobility, contractures, frozen or unmovable joints, and pressure sores. These are the best known. Oh, here's some ways to try and treat and manage spasticity. Stretching. Uh, I suggest if you want to get into stretching, get more into some type of yoga program. Because yoga, you can design around yourself. You can work on the floor movements, the standing movements, the kneeling movements, depending on what you're able to do. If you have to, there is bed and chair yoga movements that you can do. But it, it allows you to stretch and flex those muscles, which is a big time benefit. But yet... It's kind of weird with having multiple sclerosis because the more I do stretch and flex, sometimes the more my spasticity happens. And I can be in the middle of a yoga routine and spasticity can pop up and seize up a leg when you have one leg stretched outward, one leg stretched behind you, and you're trying to do your moves, and all of a sudden you seize up, and it's either fall down or try and quickly stand straight up and reduce the pain. Sometimes that can make it worse also. Uh, medications for more moderate to severe spasticity, your healthcare professional may prescribe muscle relaxants, such as baclofen or tizanidine. They say tizanidine helps calm their muscles down and allows them to get rest if the spasticity is interfering with sleep. I tried tizanidine because it was supposed to be more time release than baclofen and last longer throughout the night. Kind of give me more relief. But I wasn't seeing it. I was seeing more relief through the baclofen, so I went back to my baclofen, and I take three at bedtime, and then if I'm having problems in the middle of the night, I might take a couple more, I might take a couple during the day, 
if I know it's going to be a more active day. Uh, but yeah, just work with your healthcare providers. There's a variety of things they can try. And if, if nothing else, they can also send you to physical therapy, which might help. There's Botox, the same neurotoxin. That soothes forehead wrinkles, can also relax tight muscles. There's injections of Botox for spastic muscles to temporarily block connections between the nerve and the muscles, relieving painful spasms and improving function, which they might do if you're in an emergency room or something like that. Or if your doctor decides that the medication's not working well. They also have Botox machines that can be implanted in you for certain things. But your medical staff will work with you on that and see where you're at. They'll probably start you out with some some baclofen, some stretching ideas, and maybe some physical therapy before they get into something like Botox and stuff like that. There's relaxation techniques like deep breathing and guided imagery. Whether you use structured techniques like progressive relaxation or just pause to inhale mindfully or listen to soft music, the goal is to reduce physical and mental tension. Reducing stress relaxes you and relaxes your muscles. Uh, just slow down, take some deep breaths, focus on something like listening to your breath or music or whatever to take your mind away from certain things but truthfully i'm having spasm issues my mind ain't going away from it <laughs> just i can't get my mind off it i try and stretch it out work it out rub it out use different types of TheraWorks and all that stuff I'll use to try and relax the muscles, add the, take extra muscle relaxants and stuff like that to try and relieve the pain and stress of the muscles. But therapeutic massage, you can get a Swedish massage and reflexology to reduce spasticity. There's a Either someone you know can possibly do it, or you can go into places and have different type of massage therapies. There's acupuncture, where, which is also found in a lot of massage parlors and stuff like that. There's acupuncture, and there's electroacupuncture, but I can't do the electroacupuncture, because that's acupuncture with electrical stimulation. And when I try and use a TENS unit or anything like that with my body being a, asleep from the forearms to fingertips and from my bottom of my rib cage to my toes. Those are the main spasticity areas that are affected and that just drives me insane, that electrical feeling on top of my numbness. So it all depends what how what you're dealing with physically with other issues and stuff, whether or not you can do certain types of therapy, but acupuncture, I'd like to try out 
one of these years and not just for my spasticity issues, for some other issues I have. But yeah, it's just getting there and setting up those appointments and getting in and doing the things. It's just more cost that aren't covered by any type of insurance. And it's like most of the things that work for our bodies <laughs> isn't covered by our insurance, sadly. Uh, at least for my body, most of the things I could use to make my life with MS way better, I cannot, I have to pay all out of pocket for, so it's, it adds up quick. There's cold therapy, cooling the spastic limbs by submerging them in cold water, applying ice packs, or using cooling sprays. There's lots of cooling therapy related items, cooling wraps, cooling vests, cooling hats, all that kinds of things that you can get through the different cooling companies. So you can look into those also, but cold therapy using cold packs and stuff on spasticity issues and pains. I say also consider doing the 15, 15 or 10, 10, whatever. But like 10 minutes with a heating pad and then 10 minutes with the ice packs and then 10 minutes with the heating pad just back and forth. Kind of, it's a trick that someone taught me or I read about years ago and it kind of helps confuse the muscles and help relieve this pain. I found it when I had that three month bout with my sciatica where I was laid up in a weird position in a broken recliner so it was the only chair i could sit in i couldn't stand i couldn't walk i couldn't lay but the stupid broken recliner had one position that i didn't feel the severe pain of the sciatica i knew it was there and i knew if i moved or had to go to the bathroom i was screwed but yeah it's a that was the one little bit of relief I got was doing the heat pad, the hot pad, heating pad to the ice, to the heating pad to the ice. And that was towards the, that was in the last month of the three month run that I learned about that. And that's when I finally broke that back loose and relieved myself of that freaking sciatica pain. And thankfully, it hasn't come full-blown full back in a while. But for the past, oh, six to nine months, it's been tight and noticeable. And just waiting to pop wide open right across the whole lower back. And it started out just in the left side. And now it's all the way across the whole lower back, where sometimes when I stand up, I get such a severe pain that I can't set my leg, my left leg fully down on the ground to stand upright. Uh, I have to take a while to get it to work itself out. And uh, that can be irritating when you're in certain places and positions. And it's also caused me to fall down at times, but then you're kind of screwed because with the back pain and the leg seizure and 
everything else, you got to try and stand up. And if you are standing up to go to the bathroom and you got bladder control issues and it's like, you're like, Oh, come on. I got to get to that toilet now. And I can't stand up. And when you're trying to stand up, your bladder is trying to release itself. And it's like, it's just one constant freaking fight. Uh, aquatic therapy is awesome. Uh, that's a, probably the best way to exercise outside of yoga without over working the body and being able to control things it takes the weight off your body and they ha <clears throat> i mean the chances of finding it are probably slim for most people unless you're in a big city but they do have aquatic treadmills and stuff like that that you can work on out on that way you're not putting all that weight on your knees and joints and damaging them and it's a great way to get a workout and get the joints worked out, especially the legs and the knees and the parts of our body that take a crap on us early <clears throat> when we have chronic conditions. Uh, but yeah, if you can get some type of aquatic therapy, that weightlet weightlessness will help you reduce spasticity and make it easier to perform stretching and range of motion exercises. It's, just, it's a wonderful way to at least get some physical movement without overdoing the muscles to the point of spasticity, more spasticity problems. Uh, there's bracing. There's tons of different braces you can get. There's the ankle foot orthosis orthosis, the AFO that can help maintain proper motion in cases such as foot drop, where you're no longer able to lift your foot fully. There's also dynamic splints that are spring-loaded to si simulate natural walking motions. Uh, it's just, they're getting way better, and yes, they do have the exoskeletons out there. I mean, they're not affordable, so only way you're going to get them is if you're in a severe severe condition and you're going through therapy and they have it in the therapy building that you're getting work done other than that i don't see them being used outside of that outside of hospitals and stuff like that so i'd like to see a reasonably priced exoskeleton out there someday something that's not overly bulky that we could uh wear just under our clothes or just outside our clothes that doesn't that you'll still be able to sit comfortably with and not have all these metal bars that you're sitting on and causing you more problems with pain and stuff like that and you know and move around and go places but still be able to sit comfortably and socialize with people without having to take the device completely off and stuff like that but they are technology is getting there it's getting better every year but chances of seeing it in our lifetime in an affordable and downsized position that would work with everybody out and about in society i don't that has issues i don't see that happening in my lifetime i hope so but by then i'll probably be like 70 years old so I'll be in a wheelchair by then anyways. And then the last one they have is cannabis. Reviews of pub published studies have generally shown that synthetic 
Cannabinoids can help symptoms of pain and spasticity. Talk to your healthcare provider about whether cannabis may help your symptoms. And note that the laws governing its use vary by state because our government is too freaking stupid to give a shit about people that are suffering and give them something that will actually relieve their symptoms instead of causing more issues and having side effects that are going to kill you or make you extremely sick, possibly. Uh, Some other MS symptoms that you may or may not deal with at the moment or may or may not deal with in the future. Things like anxiety. Many people living with MS experience anxious and depressive thoughts because of their diagnosis. Learn how cognitive behavior therapy can help you manage the pain, fatigue, and emotional challenges of MS. Uh, There's bowel problems, loss of bowel control, constipation, and diarrhea are common MS concerns that can cause discomfort and embarrassment. A lot of it can be because of our medications. I mean... And then a lot of us need medications to help deal with those things, too. There's cognitive changes. A good majority of people with MS experience a variety of changes in high-level brain functions, including difficulty remembering, learning new information, organizing, problem-solving, focusing, and maintaining attention. Cog fog is what we like to call it, cognitive issues, foggy brain, depression goes hand in hand with most issues and symptoms. One, I'd say a good majority of people living with MS are affected by depression. Depression symptoms can vary from Low mood on some days to severe depression that last months. So talk to your doctor about getting on some type of antidepressants. There's emotional changes. The stresses of living with MS coupled with neurological and immune changes can lead to considerable emotional challenges, including moods, swings, irritability, and episodes of uncontrolled uncontrollable laughing or crying uh, which is uh, I can't think of what that's called right now I got the Hermes syndrome stuck in my head but that's when you bend your neck and you get the electrical spasms yeah I can't think of it at the moment uh, fatigue I'd say the majority of people with MS experience fatigue which can interfere with their physical mental Social and or emotional functioning. Gait difficulties, several factors including muscle weakness, spasticity, loss of balance, vertigo, fatigue, and not knowing where your body is in space can affect gait, walking difficulties, and increase the risk of falls. Uh, Heat sensitivity, some... I'd say a good majority of people living with MS experiencing worsening of 
their symptoms when they get overheated from exercise, hot showers, or just a hot, humid day. It's suggested, if you have these issues, to not do hot tubs and saunas and stuff like that. Stay out of the heat. Use those ice wraps and stuff that I was talking about earlier. Look them up, the ice vest, head wraps, hats, anything to help cool you down in, in the summertime and not set off those issues. It's like when I get overheated, my body will quit working and I'll just collapse to the ground. I'll be taking a warm shower and all of a sudden I'll forget how to bathe. I'll forget my bathing routine that I've done for over 50 years of my life. Same thing every day. And so I can't remember how to do it. Or even when I'm done with my shower and I'm trying to dry off or something, my brain just completely forgets what body parts to dry off and which ones I did. Or <clears throat> You'll have those moments if you have heat intolerance and you got to watch out for I do like to end my shower now with like 30 seconds of cold water after watching that uh, Limitless program with Chris Hemsworth from Thor. I think it's Chris Hemsworth. Um, but that was interesting, learning how that can help benefit the body and the brain. I just, I try not to overdo it with the heat in the shower, but sometimes when just that little bit of letting the water warm up and all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, it's burning me now all of a sudden. It's like that little bit of time can affect me and my body. So I got to be careful with things like that. Impaired swallowing. Some people with MS have trouble swallowing, which is known as dysphagia. Because of muscle spasms, weakness, and decreased sensation, and decreased muscle coordination. So if you have something like that, talk with your doctor and see what they can do for you. Jarred, jarred speech. Some of us with MS develop speech problems, including slurring, dysarthria, and low-volume dysphonia particularly later in the disease and when extremely fatigued. I had it more in my younger days, <clears throat> but I, like I've said in the past, I relate having MS after speaking with doctors and stuff all the way back to five years of age. And most of my life, people would get on me about mumbling and talking softly and all that stuff. And I didn't know I was doing it. So I try to be more expressive nowadays. So I, just having people nag me about it most of my life, it kind of pushed me to try and be more expressive with my speech and everything. But when I'm tired and burnt out and fatigued, it, I notice it coming back worse every now and then and struggling with it but kissing issues or more than just kissing uh as many as well a good variety of people living with ms experience sexual problems that stem from nerve damage 
fatigue and spasticity, as well as from psychological factors relating to self-esteem and mood changes. So, nowadays there's tons of different devices you can try to see if that can enhance your sex life. Uh, You gotta talk with your partner and work things out and make sure they understand what you're going through. And then, of course, you also gotta watch certain items, blue pills and stuff that are available. If you're on certain medications, they can counteract with them and stuff. So definitely talk with your doctor before you just go and try some gas station medication or something like that. Talk with your doctor about it first and they'll see what they can do to help you out. Uh, Some less common symptoms of MS, such as hearing loss, breathing problems, tremors, and seizures. You can research and talk to your doctor about if you have any of those and see if there's anything that they can help you with along the way and see what they can do for it. But I am out of time in this segment, so I'm going to stop it here, and I will be right back with a second segment right after this. All right, let's get back to some more symptoms of multiple sclerosis, issues that we deal with and stuff like that. The MS hug, our little buddy, our favorite little friend, <laughs> not called dysthesia, often a first symptom of MS or a relapse. An MS hug is a squeezing sensation around the torso that feels like a blood pressure cuff. When it tightens uh, or other people can exp- explain it, like I... I've had so many different versions of it. I've had everything from one side of my lungs feeling like it's being crushed and tightening. And I do actually get relief from that by taking little sips of cold water. And it'll kind of like back it off a little bit when I take a cold sip. And then also it'll just start tightening again. And then I'll take another sip and then it'll start tightening again. I uh, took trips to the hospital at one time in an ambulance, sat there. And uh, that, that was one of the most irritating times for an ambulance trip. But they took me in the ambulance and they're like, you can't take water with you and like I have to have this bottle of water you have no concept if I do not take a sip every 30 seconds or minute this thing's going to keep tightening and tightening and tightening to the point that I'm going to be in severe crippling pain I have to do this and so they let me take the bottle of water in the ambulance with me and My doctor at the time was a moron and just thought everything was heart-related, never listened to me about MS or anything like that when I tried to explain to him that when I researched it, this is what I seen, and then he just laughs at you and says, no, it's heart-related. 
So they took me that time in the ambulance, and the hospital is about 20 minutes away. They, the first ambulance met with a second ambulance that they pulled over on the side of the road. They wasted time hooking up a whole IV unit on me. That was the purpose of the second ambulance coming to hook up the IV unit on me. And then they took me to the rest of the way to the hospital. When we got to the hospital, the nurses are like, who the hell did this IV? It's completely wrong. They had to rip it all out and redo it. So pulling over on the side of the road, waiting for a second ambulance to pull up. To put an IV in me, which everybody in every ambulance should be able to put a freaking IV in a person. (laughs) You should know how to do that if you're going to be an EMT. Uh, So they wasted that time there. If I was actually having a heart-related symptom, if I would have had a widow maker or something like that, I would have died before I got to the hospital. But doesn't matter what I say. They still sent me that $800 ambulance bill for a complete fuck-up. I mean, they did not do anything that was worthwhile for me other than let me keep that bottle of water. <laughs> and so, they, so we did all that bullshit, get to the hospital. They had to change the IV. Nurses get that all fixed. They got all these heart doctors going through my stuff, testing me on everything I'm doing ultrasound is doing they sent me down for a ct scan i think that day i uh, went through all kinds of scans nothing with the heart don't under don't know what it is don't know what's what's causing your issues i mentioned to him ms but that doesn't mean shit i was not diagnosed with ms yet they don't want to listen to a patient tell them what they think it is they don't want to hear that some patient self-diagnosed himself and they're going to try and tell the hospital staff how to do their job or whatever. It's like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, could it be this? I mean, fucking listen to the person. I'm not a dog at a veterinarian clinic that can't speak English to the vet to tell him what's wrong. So the vet's sticking his finger up my ass every two minutes to see what's wrong with me. No, I want someone to listen to me. When I go to the fucking hospital and I want you to sit there and take some consideration that, hey, well, maybe it could be this. I mean, don't rule it out. If you're not getting any answers doing your test for the things you think it is, why not try something that might be related to this? So we sit there and go through all this shit. I spend hours in the ER trying to figure that out. Nothing is figured out. They're like, well, you're going to spend a night in the room, in a hospital room, and we're going to keep an eye on you, see what's up with it. Pain never subsides. Dealing with it the whole night, constantly sipping water, and then not being able to get up to go to the bathroom and stuff and have problems with that and having to, it's just, you're pissing all the time and all that, but 
their plan is okay every half hour we're going to come in and shoot a needle of morphine in you and hopefully that'll help relieve the pain didn't do a fucking thing for the pain i didn't even feel a damn morphine they put so much morphine in me i should have been kaplooey i should have been wasted out of my mind but no i didn't feel shit I just felt that freaking pain all night long. Then at one moment, the nurse, the only nurse on call, she's like, I got to go take care of a few other patients. I'm going to be gone for a while. So I'm just going to give you a huge needle full of morphine and hopefully that'll help you get through the next hour or whatever until I can get back and give you some more. I'm like, okay, whatever, it's not doing nothing for me, but if you have to, you have to. I mean, I can't tell you how to do your job, but personally, I won't even give me any more morphine. (laughs) Just try some other muscle relaxant or just, I mean, if they would have thought at all about an MS hug or anything, they probably would have gave me IV steroids and the steroids would have probably relieved it but instead they dicked around with that well next thing they say okay we're gonna flight for life you to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester Minnesota and send you to the ICU there and see what happens and they're like well we want to at least get a send you there and have a scan done which I I want to say that I'm pretty sure that was a CT scan yeah I didn't have a CT scan at the local hospital I had a CT scan at the Mayo Clinic and then I was sitting in the thing with the guys going over to CT scan they didn't see nothing I get up it's like and we just Instead of flight for life and decided, parents decided to drive me, which was stupid because my dad had had bladder issues. So he had to keep stopping at gas stations to go to the bathroom. So the trip took longer than it was. I, as I was walking away from the scan, they're like, hold it. Wait a minute. We see internal bleeding. There's a tear in your aorta on the bend of the aorta. So they instantly strapped me down, put me on a hospital bed and heart, heart specialist all around me. And they hooked me up to all kinds of things and did all kinds of things. And told me that I had a aortic dissection in the bend of the aorta that could not be surgically fixed. So I was going to bleed to death internally in ICU and they'll just make my pain as little as possible and just help me with the transition to death. (laughs) I had last rites uh, given to me from a priest while I was in the ICU and all that stuff and then I ended up miracle getting put into a regular hospital bed and then getting released eventually. Uh, 
after a couple of weeks and uh pain subsided and all that stuff finally and i still think that was all related to an ms hug but they would not listen to me to this day some heart surgeons say i have a scar in the aorta some that they have to keep an eye on to see if the size changes some say there is no scar i don't know i'm not a doctor i'm a patient that gets to ask questions and listen to what they say but no one will seriously give me a fucking straightforward answer it's like so i don't know whatever happened that day but i truly believe it was a ms hug that started that whole situation may have caused a tear in the aorta overall with all the stress and everything else i don't know but yeah it's just we still watch it to this day i have to go to a cardiologist every year i have to have mris every couple of years and we have to keep an eye on things no one will ever give me the truth and show me what i want to see and i don't know doctors i think just care about covering their asses because i mean seriously it's not easy cutting a body open and trying to fix it and have you seen how small (laughs) our arteries and all that are it's like it's they're miracle workers when it does work but yeah things can go wrong uh numbness or tingling let's get back to some symptoms (laughs) that's a long going rant there uh numbness or tingling in the face body or extremities is a common early symptom experienced by those eventually diagnosed with ms i wouldn't say it's just an early symptom i've i have it (laughs) throughout my whole experience with ms I love how they classify some of these things. It makes you wonder, are these people that wrote these articles even have progressed advanced MS? Or are they just someone that just got diagnosed with clinically isolated syndrome or central nervous system issues or just early stages of relapse and remitting MS? And they're just classifying things and by the way they (laughs) believe they are i don't know i think all these articles should be written by someone that's in secondary or progressive ms stages that have gone through many of the different phases if you're going to express a good majority of the issues that people can experience with ms but i just read the shit and talk about it and then talk about my own stuff on my youtube videos so if you ever want to check those out under the same name under the color of ms which we haven't done other than our maven cloud videos throughout the winter but spring's almost here and we're going to get out here pretty soon and then we'll start doing our walking ms videos again with the cat and stuff uh, optic neuritis it's one of the most common vision problems associated with ms and it is often a temporary yet frightening symptom that can result in blurry vision, loss of color, loss of color vision, and eye pain. Uh, I think you can also relate to that. The vision issues where I get where all of a sudden it feels like the whole earth is bouncing and turning and twisting or my vertigo issues and 
stuff like that when I get try and play a game that has high peaks and stuff like that or if I get near a near a steep edge a cliff or something like that and my vertigo is so bad now that I can be 20 feet away from a cliff and I feel like I'm falling off it uh, I loved amusement parks back in the day I wonder what it would be like nowadays to go on a roller coaster I'd love to try but uh, pain most people living with MS will experience some type of pain, neuropathic from nerve damage or muscle skeletal from weakness, stiffness, or other mobility problems. During the course of their illness, uh, you can find pain management tools and work with therapists and stuff like that. If you talk to your doctors, they can help you set up stuff with that. Quality of sleep, sleep disturbances, including reduced sleep quality, too much sleep, excessive tiredness, sleep-related breathing problems, such as sleep apnea, restless legs, body syndrome, and more are common in MS. Restless legs, some people with MS involved in a... Uh, some people with MX, MS, X, MX. <laughs> MS experience restless leg syndrome compared with compared with some people without the disease. Why are we comparing ourselves with people without the disease? Let's just focus on people with MS and don't worry about people that deal with normal life issues. Restless leg syndrome causes an urgent need to move the legs due to discomfort. I mean, right now I'm just doing a podcast and the whole time of this podcast, both my legs are shaking uncontrollably. And I didn't even realize until I was reading the restless legs part and I looked down and my, leg, my legs are just shaking away. But that's an ongoing all day thing with me happens the majority of the day with me but my nighttime stuff somehow I mean I had it bad with my legs at night but we had a dog and a cat now we just got the cat but when we had the dog and cat both sleeping with us they would pin my legs and my dog would kick me <laughs> I love her to death. I miss her so much. But yeah, she would... Between the two of them, they would pin my legs in and it just broke me of my restless leg... Restless leg syndrome at night. I still have it. But it's only when the animals aren't against me. But yet I do get the... Spasticity stretching issues at times and I'll piss the cat off. But... uh yeah, the restless leg syndrome, it happens sometimes throughout the night, but nothing like it used to. The animals did wonders breaking me of that. So, spasticity. Well, most people living with MS experience spasticity, stiffness, and or involuntary muscle spasms 
caused by damage to the nerves that control muscle impulses. And we've been talking a lot about spasticity today. So. Uh, taste changes. Some people living with MS experience a diminished sense of taste. I have been complaining that I can't drink coffee anymore. My, I just drank black coffee and I can't stand it anymore. I can't drink hot tea anymore, but for some reason cold tea is not so bad. Uh, peanut butter's out. I'm trying to think. There are a couple new things that started happening that I don't like anymore. But I kind of forgot them because they're, <laughs> they're not in my head at the moment, so I can't think of them, but I know it was a couple more things that I enjoyed that I was aggravated that I didn't like when I tried them last. And it's been a trap shoot and just back and forth. Sometimes something tastes okay and then the next day it tastes like shit. And so urinary problems. Bladder dysfunction occurs in a good variety of people with MS and can include incontinence and other problems. So, there's all kinds of pads and diapers and all that you can use, but it sucks going out in the world if you have to wear anything like that. And there are more discreet versions, but honestly, if you have a bladder burst, those things aren't going to do shit. And you better be hauling ass on your way to the bathroom and just hope it only leaks a little. Because if you got more than a cup of urine coming out, it's going to be running all over the place, even with those damn things. They do not make them worth a shit yet. I got a design for one, but I just don't know how to sell it to a company. Actually, I got two different designs, a smaller design and a bigger design. It would be perfect for males. But I got to find a company that will listen to me on it and buy my idea. I'm sick of giving all my ideas away and giving everything out for free. Uh, but yeah, it's it can be a very embarrassing thing that gets you to the point that you don't even want to go out anywhere because of it. It's like, even when I go to a movie, I go to the same theater now, so I know exactly where the bathrooms are, and I just, yeah, you never know. But I also doubled up on my bladder control medication in the past year, so now it's to the point where I got too much bladder medication, because now I'll stand at the bathroom sometimes, and I can stand there for five, ten minutes having to pee really bad before I get there, but once I get there, nothing wants to come out. So <laughs> that sucks too. But there's vertigo and dizziness, which I was talking about earlier, feeling off balance or lightheaded or having the sensation that your surroundings are spinning is a common symptom of MS that can limit activities. Uh, weakness, which can occur in any part of the body, is caused by the deconditioning of muscles from lack of use or damage to nerve fibers in the spinal cord and brain. This is one of the things how I 
knew I had MS in an early age. I tried every sport there was. And when I got into things like wrestling and football and stuff like that, one moment I could do normal impact. Next moment, I can't even get a fly off me. I'm so weak. It was so weird, but no, no teacher nurse gave a shit about stuff back in those days. So when I did have it happen, the response from the coaches were get off your lazy ass and do this. And it's like, if you can't get out from underneath another person that's trying to pin you, you can't fight out of it, then get up and run two to four laps around the track. They always made you run, run more, run more. And that just overheated my body. And then I'd collapse. I had lockjaw issues. I had all kinds of spasticity issues and they never, instead of trying to show concern and give a shit, it was just, yeah, you're a pussy. Get off your ass and do it. It's like, here, if you can't handle it, if you can't make it around the track in your regular uniform, then here, I want you in full, full, uh, what you call it, full uh, pads, football pads and all that shit, helmet, everything, and now run your laps, you pussy. And it's like most of our coaches, who were they? They were kids that just graduated high school a year or two before that. And now they're the sports coaches treating us like shit. They picked on us in high school. They pick on us (laughs) when we're playing on their teams for them. You would think you'd want to support your athletes. Instead, they treated their athletes like shit. That's the town I grew up in, at least. Uh, Some other MS symptoms are variable and unpredictable. One person might experience only one or two symptoms, while another person may experience all symptoms or a good majority of symptoms. Symptoms tend to worsen with age, but there are also a variety of ways to help people live well with MS at all ages and stages of the disease. There are things to help us deal with our issues, but I don't think there's... A way to make me live well. <laughs> I've tried so many different things. And I haven't found that one thing that's helped me live happily and healthily through this. Uh, but look into therapist. You get physical therapist. You have occupational therapist. You have psychotherapist uh, and there's just so many different types of therapists that your doctors can set you up with and see if they can help you because between our bodies and our mind there's a lot of work that needs to be done and if we can find someone that can help us with certain issues and make some things better and teach us a few things that can help us along the way set us up with rubber bands for different types of workouts and exercises to help with spasticity issues and fatigue issues and pain issues help us with mental uh, types of 
programs and things we can do to ease the damage and problems that we're having there and just just work with your medical staff and see what they can do to help you out along the way and see if they can find something that'll help ease the pains, the issues, the problems you're having and maybe make your days a little bit better living with MS, but I don't, I don't see these cure, cure, cure all cures. The people I hear are people that are able to do things early on in the disease. But when you spend 30, 40 years trying to explain to people that you have an issues and they ignore you and your disease progresses on and on beyond certain means, it can take a lot to get you past certain points of pains and problems. So, But work with your medical staff and see what they can do. See if they can find anything to help you along the way. It's always good to have someone, someone that you can talk to and explain your issues to that might actually listen to you because a lot of people don't like to listen to what we have to say. Uh, let's see here. Let's end this with a little Garfield. We got Garfield looking at his little stuffed animal, his teddy bear. And his thought balloon says, can we talk? I tell you, Pookie, life's not fair. I'm forced to live with a dog who looks like a lemon with a tongue and an owner whose idea of a good time is taping his lips to a... All of a sudden you see John whistling away. Garfield looks at John and his thought balloon says, Do you mind... I was just confiding in my teddy bear. John looks at him all surprised, looks over at the teddy bear, and John starts talking to the teddy bear. Did you see that? He treats me like an intruder around here. And furthermore, (laughs) John's going to go on and on with the teddy bear himself now. Can't talk to the cat. Cat can't talk to John. They can both talk to the teddy bear. (laughs) All right, that's it for today. I'm running out of time with the second segment. So we're going to end it there, and we will get back with more stuff later on in this week. We'll probably still do a Wellness Wednesday at least this week, and then the rest will probably mostly be comic-related, and then we're going to try and get a couple more YouTube videos out this week, so. Follow under the cowl of MS audio and video. Just look it up. Look up the name. You'll find it. There's lots of stuff out there. And we'll talk to you again soon. Kick Shad Monster. Be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. And we'll talk to you again sometime soon. Bye.